<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. The following episode contains scenes of graphic violence, strong language, and suicide. Viewer discretion is advised. I'm Danielle. I'm Max. And each Wednesday, we crack open a bottle of wine and dive into some thrills, chills, and spills. This is Innocent Till Tipsy. I feel like there's a ride at Disney's Animal Kingdom where it's like, hello there. Um, <laughs> that's how I feel. Hello there. Welcome back. We're on part two of the Chris Benoit series, which has been crazy so far. And if you haven't watched part one, because we had a part one, Go back and do it right do now. Do your homework. Do your homework because there's a lot to it. And so we're still drinking the same bottles of wine. Max has ink blot. I have Chris Jericho's wine, bubbly. So quick two-minute recap of what we've learned. In a nutshell. Let's try in a nutshell. What? Wrestling is staged? Wrestling is staged, <laughs> but it's still a very real sport. <laughs> yes. Yes. People do get very much hurt. There's been a lot of backstory when it comes to Chris and Nancy Benoit because Chris's wife, Nancy, was actually a very major. She had a very major role in the wrestling community. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she was she was talent and she was she managing too. you said. Yep. She was managing. Mm-hmm. She she tra- she transferred her talent into being um, a valet, which is like a wrestling manager. So she. She's awesome. Um, And through all of this, she ended up um, meeting Chris Benoit. So Nancy's second husband, Kevin Sullivan, who was a part of the wrestling community. He actually, it was the joke of the WWE, well, not WWE, of the wrestling community, excuse me, uh, that he had written and booked his own divorce because he had actually scripted. He was a writer for WCW at the time, and he had scripted his wife leaving him for Chris Benoit and art imitated life (laughs) or life imitated art and yeah she did she left him for chris um so like kind of in real life too as you mentioned like her sister sandra sandra right was watching it and she's like oh shit this is really happening for real yeah i think a lot of people realized there was a retirement match between chris and kevin and a lot of people realized that it was a real fight like it wasn't just your normal scripted wcw match it was real they were mad and Mm -hmm. it was over Nancy. Yeah. They're so real she Kevin. She marries Chris. Chris's career is soaring. He is off to, um, he's a heavyweight champion um, for WWE. And that comes with um, a huge responsibility. Chris actually has been known in his career to be ex- insanely Mike shy. He does not have, he did not have like a good um, presence, I guess, on the camera, except for when he was playing himself in the ring. He was one of the best wrestlers of all time, but he didn't have a good camera presence. So Hmm. he never was one of the major guys until then. He kind of had trained himself into that. And to that point, Nancy's sister, Sandra, would later say that Daniel Benoit, Chris's youngest son, he probably would have been one of the best wrestlers of all time, given Nancy's charisma with the mic yeah chris's awesome like wrestling skills yeah um but yeah that's kind of where we are right now they have their first child 
it's a very exciting time for them until they get to that point in their lives where just so many people start to pass away extremely suddenly and extremely young. Yeah. Um, so if you haven't watched the first part, I think that's a solid recap of kind of what we've talked about so far. But you you should go back because we talk about Nancy's career, how she came up in the wrestling world and how she left in 1997. And um, I don't think Nancy's talked enough about. Um, I think Chris is often kind of the spotlight. Um, so I think it's important to talk about Nancy and what she did for women in wrestling. Um, but Absolutely. Yeah. From there, we're going to start talking. So a lot of people have passed away so far. And Chris has started to act extremely strange after the death of his best friend, Eddie Guerrero. A lot of people would say he was not the same after the death of Eddie. Um, crying all the time, just not coping well. And Nancy... Well, and as you said, there. there's like no days off. It's not no like they off. can just like take time to grieve. So... No, no, you can, you continue... They're under the spotlight. hmm Yeah. And... um. Chris is keeping a diary that Nancy actually got him that where he entitles it, you know, dear um, Eddie, he's, he's talking to Eddie in this diary. Um, So yes, at this point in time, insanely stressful time in their marriage, right? Um, Nancy and Chris's marriage is disintegrating um, after, I mean, God, at this point in time too, we mentioned in the first part, Chris is starting to face the fact that he's probably going to be retiring soon. And that's um, hard because it's been his like dream job, his life he's goal. He's forty too. Yeah, but that's kind of the lifetime for wrestlers, right? And um, yeah, so he's he's having a hard time with a lot of things, and and so is Nancy. Um, now, this could possibly be due to the brain damage that we're going to talk about that's revealed in Chris Benoit's autopsy later. But Chris was not well at this point in time. He was insanely paranoid and terrified that people were following him might be trying to kidnap or kill him or his family. Now, at this point, Chris's career has already skyrocketed. Fans are not keeping a polite distance from him, like at this point in time. So looking back on this, this necessarily isn't a red flag. I wouldn't think this would be like your first thought back in the time because he does have people that are not keeping their distance from him. Mm-hmm. It was also a fear in the wrestling community, not at that point in time, but earlier there had been wrestlers who had been kidnapped and, and things had happened with their children. So he's in the spotlight, you know? Um, but looking back now that we see what all has happened, everyone's kind of like, well, that was strange. But I think that's always the case when it comes to I'm things. I'm sure like all this. celebrities are paranoid. There's crazies out there. Yeah. And he's recognizable now, you know, mm-hmm. on the street. he's not just, your average, just an average person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he no longer wanted to do simple things like go out for groceries. He would never take the same route to or from a place like the airport or the gym. If he left the house to go to the gym, cause they did have a gym in their house. But, um, you know, if he went there one way, he'd come back a different route and he would tell his like limousine service or car service, whatever picked him up from the airport to do the same thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. In May 2003, Nancy Benoit would actually file for divorce. She was granted a restraining order, and her reason for divorce cited that her marriage was irrevocably broken, Mm -hmm. as well as cruel treatment. Hmm. Hmm. So, after this, a family friend and co-wrestler... Johnny Grunge, who we talked about that would pass Mm -hmm. away a short while later. And Nancy's sister, Sandra, would actually stage almost an intervention in their marriage. Sit down with the two of them, get them to reconcile. So Nancy dropped the divorce as well as the restraining order. But the marriage wouldn't improve. 
I feel so bad for Sandra. Like I'm like, Sandra loved Chris. That's something that comes across very clear when she talks about him. And um, I just, my heart breaks for her because I'm sure she probably feels some sort of guilt, you know, in getting the marriage back together. In the last weeks of their marriage, steroids were a huge point of contention in the Benoit household. Nancy hid and threw away his drugs. Oh. She was convinced he was having an affair with another diva in the WWE. Mm-hmm. This was actually something that Chris would play into. When that diva would call him, he would like egg it on oh. or her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he wasn't he wasn't himself and he was not a good man near the end of his life from what mm-hmm. I can um, it, he, it looks like he wasn't actually having an affair. It was pretty shitty of him to kind of just feed into that, like, yeah, mindset, making her feel like that. Yeah, yeah. And a text to Chris from Nancy, she wrote, "I will not accept the steroid-induced roller coaster ride of emotional abuse." She's like done. And after this, he said that he was clean. And she said, we both know that the WWE wellness plan, their drug testing program at the time, mm-hmm. was a joke, Chris. Like, she was <laughs> like, everyone's on steroids here. Not, <laughs> She's like, no, not you're not fucking clean, mm-hmm. Chris. <laughs> like, I'm fucking yeah. done. <laughs> now, in their marriage, Sandra would later call high spots to Nancy and Chris's marriage. So, what she described as high spots was basically, it meant that the fights would sometimes really escalate even to the point of like pushing matches between the two of them. So in my mind, that's an abusive relationship. As soon as you start getting into uh, physical, if not, I mean, obviously if Chris was doing that, if Chris was playing in the fact of like, yeah, I'm probably having a, uh, that's emotional abuse as well. Yeah. Nancy's calling it out. Awesome. There would be like, I'm not going to play into this emotional abuse. Like, come on. Mm -hmm. So, I'm not sure how premeditated the murders were as I found out in reading the book that we talked about in the first part. Um, I should say the book's name and and we'll link it in the description of both videos. It's called ring of hell. It's called the story of Chris Benoit and the fall of the pro wrestling industry. And it was featured on dark side of the ring. That was why I I had wanted it. Cause that's a a big, um, a lot of wrestlers and wrestlers family, including Chris Benoit's family and friends were featured in that series. And I, I honestly trust series more that talk about things like that. Right. Well, you got multiple sources and available on Prime, by the way, right? Available on Prime, yeah. Because <laughs> hey, I want to watch it. Just yeah. Saying. No, it's interesting. And his, he, there's two episodes that are in, I believe, season two about Chris. So it's, it's a wow. two-parter as well. Um, but I do wonder, like, how premeditated the murders were. As just a week before the murders, Nancy actually found out that Chris had purchased a new life insurance policy. Oh, I never liked that. That's inky. Yep. No, and... The beneficiaries on that policy was his ex-wife and children from his previous marriage. What? No, that's a week of premeditation. Premeditation. Um, yeah, because your beneficiary would be your living family. Yes. And Nancy Yikes. argued that she and Daniel should be on that life insurance policy. And Chris told her no, he refused. And this led to an extremely volatile, violent fight between the two of them. The only, only, only counter argument to that is that, like you mentioned in episode one, like wrestlers were already kind of planning for their like early deaths. So it doesn't explain the beneficiary thing. It just explains like why you might have multiple life insurance policies. And you're like, I got a lot of family that I got to take care of. That's fair. I hadn't thought of that because yes, and he has just witnessed like almost like 
10, if not more friends die very suddenly of very mm-hmm. sudden. So, and he was waiting, like Chris Jericho said in his podcast, it was like, he was waiting for not who will be next when I will be next kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Your number. Yep. Yeah. Shoot. So, um, this fight, according to friends and family, and this is according to the book I read just to like, you know, um, let the source be known kind of there. But according to the book, um, friends and family would say that this fight led Nancy to tell them that if anything happened to her, it was Chris. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's building a case because you don't say that unless you're feeling unsafe. Yeah. Also that she was compiling a list of instances between her and Chris, which she was keeping according to her in a safety deposit box in order to hopefully soon leave him, mm-hmm. which a lot of people do smartly, um, especially if you're in an abusive relationship and especially if you have children involved, mm-hmm. which I will say. So when they did search her safety deposit box after she had passed, there wasn't anything about Chris in there. It was all about Kevin Sullivan and that abusive relationship. So I wonder how true that is, but there was a note in the safety deposit box, according to one of the sources I read, which I've linked. Um, But there was documentation that said, if anything happened to her to look at Chris. Mm, Yeah. Things are bad. Um, And I, I can't answer. Nancy seemed like an amazingly smart and strong woman. I can't answer why she wouldn't have left. Because um, she has a kid. Because she has a kid. Yeah. And you got to deal with that, f- I guess, first, maybe. Or yeah, I mean, because we only I only bring that up because in the first episode we're talking about how um, she didn't think she could have kids, or there there was, it was this is the only Sandra couldn't have kids, mm-hmm. so that's why um, their son was so special to their family. Yeah, yeah, and Daniel was very special. Um, so. Before the murders, Chris would actually make an entry into his journal to Eddie, telling him he would see him soon. No, I know. That's so sad. Like, it is building. It's building. Yeah. So, from autopsy reports, time of death can kind of be seen. What we know is that Nancy Benoit was killed first on Friday night. Daniel was murdered on sometime, at some time on Saturday. And Chris, oddly enough, not until Sunday. He spent the majority of his weekend within the house where the corpses of his family were. Oh, no. Yeah. So the day that Chris would murder his wife, he would go to his doctor, Phil Aston. The one that gets sued? Yep. yep. Prison. Yeah. Sentenced to 10 years in prison. Yeah. We mentioned that in the first part. I should note that here. Phil Aston eventually goes to prison um, for 10 years because he's giving out illegal prescriptions to people. So each month he would actually prescribe Chris a 10 month dosage of anabolic steroids, Jesus, on top of whatever else Chris wanted. So it's just like a la carte menu there with your farms, with your doctor. Yikes. Mm-hmm. For lack of a better terminology, and I did get this from the book, but this rang true to me the night that like the last person that Chris Benoit would have an interaction with before killing his family and himself was his fucking drug dealer. Because you cannot tell me that that doctor was a literal doctor. Right. Like, so abusing, then, abusing. Yeah. Oh, totally. And for money as well. Like yeah. mm-hmm. the night of the murder, Chris, Nancy and Daniel were having a barbecue to celebrate Daniel completing his horse riding classes for the summer. Oh, how sweet. Oh. How old was Daniel? Seven. 
seven. Mm -hmm. I know. So at some point that night, many believe that Nancy and Chris must have gotten into an altercation, the two of them. We don't have full details. We don't know necessarily what happened. Both of them are under the influence of anti-anxiety medicine, along with other things that would be found in their systems. What we do know was Nancy Benoit's hands and feet were duct taped together. Did the autopsy show if that was before or after? Yeah. So before. I guess he tied her up and I had read somewhere that he hog tied her. So they mm-hmm. come back. He, the autopsy report would say that it must have been a knee that pressed into her back as a TV cord strangled her to death. That's so he strangled her to death with a TV cord. Yeah. Sandra would say in interviews that the autopsy report didn't show the full brutality that Chris laid upon his wife. And honestly, that's the only disparaging thing that Sandra has said about Chris. She, I don't even know if that's disparaging. That's probably... She's just talking about fair. what happened. Yeah, but mm-hmm. it's it's amazing. I will say the strength that Sandra Tofoloni has shown in talking about her sister and her nephew's demises. Like, I really applaud the woman because yeah. for me, I'm, I'm a very... I, I couldn't talk about someone like this the way that she does but she is she still has a very high respect for chris even after this which is wild to me yeah um but her sister was brutalized and she wants that to be known um many reports would say that nancy was found in a pool of her own blood and she had fought back very hard um and i i just couldn't imagine the horror because she knew her seven-year-old son was asleep in one of the mm-hmm. next rooms. so mm-hmm. <sighs> they would find a Bible beside her body. That's odd. I mean, like hers or his or why? Why? We don't know. So there's a lot of theories with that. Um, We'll kind of get into it a little bit later, Um, but it's weird because they, the Benoit's weren't a religious family. Mm -hmm. Bible thing is strange. Yeah. According to some reports, Chris had been spotted the following day swimming with Daniel in the backyard. The following day? Following day after He's killing seven. Him. Seven. Yeah. But so there, there's a Where thing. was Nancy found? She was upstairs and wrapped in towels. They think she was hidden at that point in time from Daniel. But then again, we just looked at limb from limb, that case with... Yeah, no, and, that's and what I was asking. Kids, yeah, they were awake when their mummy was murdered. So mm-hmm. I, you really don't know what kids pick up on, right? Murdering Daniel, his seven-year-old son, is something that no one can understand or make sense of at all. Both him and Nancy adored Daniel, and their marriage was failing, but no one from the wrestling community, their friends, their families, saw him mm-hmm. being violent and anyway to his children so this is a total shock to everyone like even um chris's father would say that he could even see chris in a fit of rage killing his wife but his son like that's where everyone kind of loses it at of like why yeah because the divorce is with the other person and Mm -hmm. like your son has no part in that Mm -hmm. so sandra nancy's sister would later tell Chris Jericho on talk is Jericho that the only thing that she could think that would make sense of the death death of her nephew was that it was Chris's final selfish act that out of fear that Daniel would find out that what daddy had done to mom mm-hmm. that he had killed him. 
Chris had known at that point in time that Sandra not only would take care of Daniel, but she legally was supposed to if anything had happened to both Chris and Nancy. So that's heartbreaking. Yeah, that Daniel didn't have to die for any reason. And before Daniel or before any of the deaths, um, they had actually all had a family talk with Sandra about moving her on to the property in like an in-law type suite Mm -hmm. to help with Daniel and any future children they may have. So there was, there was purpose. There was future. Like it just, it's heartbreaking how much none of this will ever make sense because Chris is gone. Like that's the, the frustrating thing is like, and, and the fact that Chris didn't take care of himself, it's like, now we don't have two people on this earth that could have been wonderful members of society that were wonderful members, you know? So it's just, it's frustrating. So sometime during Saturday morning um, or early afternoon, Chris had given his son Xanax. A lot of people say that they believe that Daniel Benoit was asleep when his father suffocated him. I really don't know the amount of, you can't find Daniel's autopsy report online and it would take a hell of a lot of Xanax to do that. I would think like, I just don't, we don't know for sure to a kid. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I was just asking like, yeah. Yeah. That's sad. I asked my friend, so I don't, (laughs) um, I've never tried Xanax before. (laughs) I've had some other anti-anxiety meds, but I asked her, I was like, what? Cause every like thing I read or saw on it, they were like, well, hopefully Daniel was asleep for it. And I was like, I don't think Xanax with one Xanax probably. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know how much was in a system cause we can't see that, but I just, I feel like that's something we've all said to like comfort ourselves on it. And it, and then again, soften it. Mm-hmm. Well, and then me, I'm me. So I just like don't want to leave that out because I'm like, it I don't minimizes want, the brutality of exactly. it. Exactly. I don't want Chris to not be held responsible for the horrific way he murdered his son. Right. That's that's where I'm at with it. So I'm like, he he may have been asleep. All these other people seem to want to think that, but I don't personally think that Xanax would do that to a child. Fair Believe, enough. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Police would later determine that Chris had killed his son with his signature finishing move, the crossface crippler. No, that's, that's awful. Horrifying. Daniel Benoit would be found in his own bedroom, a shrine to his wrestler father with a Bible placed beside his body. Him too. Mm-hmm. Oh. And by his bed was a WWE toy championship belt with his own name inscribed where his father's would usually be. Mm. Like always kills me mm-hmm. and no one mentions it, but if you look up, there's not a lot of um, crime scene photos on the Chris Benoit case, but if you look it up, you can see that you don't see Daniel, obviously, but you see it, that the belt. toy belt. And that just crushed my heart. Cause his dad was his hero. His dad was his hero. And you can see in um, that show I watched dark side of the ring. There's a clip where David, his older brother, Daniel's older brother is like, they're playing wrestling. You can tell. And in the background is one of their father's matches. And I'm just like, he was their hero, you know? Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) It's just horrible. So the weekend he murdered his family, Chris would make a lot of weird texts and phone calls to friends and family. You just mentioned his other kids, by the way, back yeah. in episode one, he had two kids from an earlier mm-hmm. marriage. Were they much older than, than Daniel? They didn't live they with were. them, obviously. They didn't. They lived with their mother, I believe, in Edmonton. They were up in Canada. I know that. Um, and they were in their teens at that point in time. It was David and Megan. 
Um, so they're up in Canada. Um, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Ugh. crazy. So they're the only survivors of this, like of their family. Yeah. That's sad. sad. And David is now trying to be a professional wrestler. So wow. I know. Yeah. Follow him on Instagram. Um, I follow him. But yeah. Um, Chris had actually called his friend Shavo Guerrero, which is Eddie's nephew, um, to let him know that he would be late for his booking in Texas, but he would make the booking. Shavo called him back and Chris again told him the same story. But in a forced tone, he said to Shavo, I love you before hanging up. Hmm. So Shavo sensed something was off about that phone call and he called him back asking if everything was okay. Chris said it was, but that Nancy and Daniel had a bad bout of food, po- food poisoning, but he'd for sure make the evening show. He then went for a walk outside where he had an interaction with his neighbor who oh. told her the same story that his family had a bad bout of food poisoning before he went That's back. It's so home. strange for that neighbor to like recall that conversation. Like when they uh, know after the horrible and I believe Bruce that comes out. Same, well, I think that's the same neighbor that would find them murdered because when they eventually, when the cops eventually arrived at the house and when they eventually went in there, it was a neighbor that said she, I think she said she was going to go put the dogs up. I'm not even looking at my notes. I'm sorry, but she was going to go put the dogs up. And then when she went back, she saw someone's body and it was like enough to alert her that like something was wrong. And so that's just so horrible to think that yeah, someone else found them, but other than the police, like that's mm-hmm. the hard thing we talked about in the last episode, um, how someone had committed suicide and um, they had called the cops beforehand, you know, so that their family didn't have to find them. And just, it's horrible to think because it seems like Chris was pretty active and the whole family is pretty active in their community. Cause it's all like mm-hmm. neighbors. Like I was talking about earlier yeah. giving support to him and everything else when his friend Eddie died. So that's hard. Yeah. Two minutes later, he sent another text to Chavo, letting him know where his dogs were in the pool area. These were dogs that Chris had actually gotten as security, like part of his security measures when he was in a stint of his own paranoia, right? Mm -hmm. So then he sent these messages again through Nancy's cell. That's really odd. It's strange. If he was going to commit suicide, it wouldn't matter like to make an alibi for anybody. Yeah. Like I wonder, so the book kind of alleged this was him trying to make sure that like, they knew to go and look at the house. Oh, okay. And then also during his paranoia episodes over the last several years, Chris had only ever given out his PO box, even to friends and family. He was like so stressed that people would find him. Oh, so that's why think, it's weird that he touched yeah, But It's weird because Shavo had been to the family household. Like I, I saw an interview where Shavo had talked about going just recently for like dinner or something over to Chris and Nancy. So I do find that weird, but I guess he was just making sure everyone knew they needed to get there at some point soon. Cause yeah. Well also maybe like, even though Chavo had been there, Chavo had been there. Um, so I don't know my friend's addresses. Like if you had to give it on to. That's fair. Yeah. yeah maybe more. like here's the yeah. actual street address. Yeah. So at some point on Sunday, after Googling how to strangle yourself, Chris went downstairs to their in-home gym after having half a bottle of wine and he didn't drink. So that was strange to a lot of, a lot of conspiracy theories theorists have commented on that. Um, and he went downstairs to his at home gym with a towel tied around his neck. 
he adjusted the weight to 240 on his weight machine, which is just 20 pounds heavier than his own body weight, which I thought was interesting. When I saw 240, I was like, that's like, it's so weird because he was like 220. Mm -hmm. He then sat down as if to begin working out, but he took the steel cord and wrapped it around the towel that was on his neck and then released. Oh, According to the autopsy report, his death was most likely a slow one, but he didn't show signs of struggle. Oh, no. Yeah, that's horrifying. Horrifying. Trying to break his neck. Like, mm-hmm. So after Chris was a no-show on Sunday, when he was supposed to face a very young CM Punk in the ring, we all, I feel like we all know CM Punk nowadays, Shavo finally came forward to WWE and said something was wrong. So I didn't mention it earlier, but the book that I read on wrestling, um, it said that there was like an unwritten rule with wrestlers on certain things they did and didn't do. Mm -hmm. One of those things was when someone dies, you make sure you get rid of all the drug paraphernalia that's in their room. So with Eddie Guerrero, it's highly speculated that there might've been paraphernalia in his hotel room, but removed before the cops got there. Got it. Very much like celebrities do. Kind yeah, of. they don't want to be disgraced or bring disgrace upon the whatever WWE or whatever. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's kind of the same thing they said was um, happening here because Shavo didn't want to get him in trouble. He knew something was wrong. He he admits that he's like something was not right with those phone calls, text messages, anything else. But he didn't want to get him in trouble with the company. Keep in mind, this is the only company that's employing wrestlers really at that point yeah. in time. So he was kind of holding off. He was like, when's Chris going to tell, tell me like what is truly, you know, going on in that. Sure. Yeah. And give him a cover. Yeah. And he He doesn't know what he's covering. He's just trying to buy time for his friend. Yeah. It might be drugs. It might be any, and I'm not saying that covering up for drugs is like, but I mean, given the lifestyle that they led and, and everything else. Right. Understandable for that situation. Definitely. So he finally lets WWE know something is fucked here. Like, I don't know what's going on. Right. And so WWE calls for a welfare check on Chris at his home in Georgia. And that's when his family's bodies are discovered that Monday. So a neighbor, you said. Yeah. So it was like the police just asked for her help, I think, and like just making sure the dogs were out of their way. They didn't want to kill dogs like, you know, on accident, yeah. or like whatever else. And then, yeah, I'm pretty sure she like came across them from what I'm remembering on reading. Mm. Mind you, I wrote the script like a while, like, a minute ago. <laughs> but um, That's what I um, remember happening. But yet they found them yeah. all in their home. Oh. Um, so in the wake of this murder suicide, everyone's looking for answers as to why and how this could have even possibly happened. Was this his plan all along? Had he meticulously planned this out, committed it over the weekend, or did he have a psychotic break? Initially, there was a lot of reports of road roid rage. That was like the thing at the time. I don't think so. Roid the whole weekend. The whole weekend. It happens very quickly. Yeah. So like there's um, and I believe Sandra on the Chris Jericho podcast, she was like, I think that's what happened with Nancy, but not with Daniel and him. Like I I personally, me myself, I do think Chris had a fight with his wife that escalated. And I think it escalated beyond what he thought it would escalate to. I don't think it was that premeditated, but the life insurance policy does make me like question a little yeah. bit. And his paranoia and all those other things could like give you that like this this view doesn't make sense, but it probably made sense to him. Yeah. So it's the whole thing is weird, but I personally I think fight with fight with mm-hmm. um Nancy gone horribly wrong. He doesn't know what to do. 
And I think just like Sandra said, it was a very selfish act for him to take Daniel. And then I do think he puttered about thinking, do I, what do, what do I do at this point in time? And do I go to my next WWE show? Cause he was just changing his flights at that point in time. Like it, it still looked like he was going to show for show. Yeah. So I think he was literally pondering that. Cause I think he did have a psychotic break and I think he killed himself. I, I think that's uh, for me from looking at this, that's what I think the story is, but what doesn't make sense is the Bible. So the theories with the Bibles are they were trying to get their son into a Christian school at that point in time. Mm-hmm. And they did have to be a part of the Christian church that the school was a part of in order. They had to be members of it in order to get Daniel into that school. Mm-hmm. So there's that theory of maybe why he did it that way. But then there's the other theory of Eddie Guerrero was an extreme Christian. He would oh. pray before matches, everything else. So a lot of people wonder if that influence was what brought the Bible into everything. And he often in his diary would compare Eddie to Job from the Bible. Hmm. Like someone that faced like a lot of like, it's very interesting. Like all of the like, yeah, yeah, theories that are out there. So I couldn't tell you because they weren't a religious family. So it's, it's really strange. The Bible thing. Um, yeah, that's a strange thing. Mm hmm. So just like the rest of the world, Chris Benoit's father, Michael, was trying to make sense of his son's murder-suicide when another wrestler reached out to him and suggested that they look into whether years of trauma to Chris's brain could have been responsible. Over his career, Benoit probably suffered an estimated 300 concussions, if not Mm. more. Oh, yeah. It's It's a brutal sport. Yeah, and especially I mean, we're not- talking about like diving headbutts or whatever. Like, yeah, yes. that's a concussion every time. Mm-hmm. And he'd actually use that move a lot because he adopted it from the Dynamite Kid. That mm-hmm. was a signature move, right? So he would do those diving headbutts all the time into steel chairs, ladders, all sorts of things, right? So Chris's brain, when they looked at it, at a forty-year-old man, it was looking like an eighty-five-year-old Alzheimer's patient's brain. Yeah. So he truly was not well, and he truly was not himself at the time of his death. So this kind of brain damage has been known to professional athletes for a long time. It used to be known as punch drunk syndrome. You know, you get punch drunk. Yeah. So after more research, it's now scientifically known as CTE. I won't even Mm -hmm. try to pronounce what that is. We'll put it in in post. Mm -hmm. Um, CTE is a progressive degenerative brain disorder. It damages areas that influence your emotions. It's just like brain rot. Mm-hmm. It can change your personality, who you are, how you react to things, how you behave. And um, as to why these murders happened, like I wouldn't put all my eggs in one basket and say it was CTE, but I would say a heavy amount of it was CTE because Chris wasn't even himself near the end of his life. And Chris Jericho's podcast, he'd even say we weren't even close, like near the end of his life. And it's, I think it's because they literally weren't because I don't think Chris Benoit was himself. Well, yeah, as you mentioned, it's progressive. And as mm-hmm. it gets worse, he, 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 you can't go back. You can't like reverse brain damage. So no. Yeah. So super sad because from before all of this trauma started happening to them, it seemed like he, Chris was a really good guy. He had a weird sense of humor, but he was a really good guy, it seemed like. Yeah. So, um, and that's like what Nancy or Nancy's sister would say concerning this case that it like really upset her that a lot of people just blame it solely on CTE. And that's the number one narrative that's out there because she's like, I was there, I witnessed it. 
he wasn't that far gone yet. He was very mm-hmm. much there, but there were a lot of differing factors that precipitated into what happened. And they also both were self-medicating at the time. Both Chris and Nancy would be found with muscle relaxants in their systems, things like Vicodin, Xanax, you know, anti-anxiety um, medication, along with alcohol in Nancy's system. She had been drinking that evening as well. Oh my gosh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean... So there's medication, there's the spotlight of celebrity, there's CTE, there's the grieving, like mm-hmm. all of the deaths like of their friends and loved ones, like there's a lot of things that were contributing. A lot. So after the WWE released their tribute to Chris, which failed to mention Nancy, which is just disgusting, right? but like poor taste. Anyways, um, they got into damage control mode. Firstly, due to the steroids that were found in Chris's home, their initial statement as to how these illegal enhancement drugs could have possibly been found in one of their professional athletes' home was to blame his murdered son. What? That's disgusting. He's seven? He's seven. So what they said, they released this false information that Daniel Benoit suffered from fragile X syndrome. They said he needed these injections to treat his conditions that he'd been found with track marks in his arm. He was not found with track marks in his arms. No. Um, His aunt Sandra was beside herself when this information came out. She literally ran down to Daniel's um, pediatrician to get the information and give it to the media because she was like, no, no, never. Not diagnosed. (laughs) Steroids, yeah. And then, of course, now there's all these conspiracy theorists that are coming out and saying, like, well, his father may have been jacking it. No, that wasn't what was going on at all. Those were Chris's steroids. And the fact that the WWE and Vince McMahon could come out and say something as atrocious and make such allegations that they just pulled out of their friggin' asses, like... And it's a known fact now that a lot of those athletes were using steroids. It was like a, it was, yeah, they had to, to basically be that big. That's ridiculous. They would try to blame it on a child. Well, exactly. Like Nancy had said in those text messages before she died, where she was like, uh, actually like, um, the wellness program for WWE is a joke, Chris. So like, stop, like my, you're not clean. And you can even tell from looking at the past era wrestlers to looking at the wrestlers now that, there was steroids used back then. I don't think it's used now. And if it is, they do get suspended, but there was apparent steroid use. So um, the WWE then went to pull everything they ever had had on Chris Benoit out merchandise, specials, posters, everything literally off the street. Like the next day after finding out that he had murdered his family. I don't know if this was the right move or not. I feel like it'd be handled differently now and be a moment to like, speak on domestic violence speak on steroid use like a platform for moving towards something better yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it seems suspicious that the wwe right wwe yeah would want to wipe him they're like wipe their hands of him not because of the murders but because of the steroids yeah they don't want their names in that yeah So they soon would leave their ruthless aggression era for the PG era, as we said in part one, moving to more family-friendly content. They would distance themselves from the controversial, edgy, violent, it's usual subject matter kind of thing, right? 
This was something that was highly criticized at the time. And during this era, finally, blading would come to an end with WWE. It's still a thing in AEW. I don't think it should be a thing. Blading is too fucking intense. Like it's insane. No other athletes have to cut themselves with a razor blade. No. Yeah. If you miss part one, it's where they wrestlers literally take a blade and will like cut themselves to make it look like they're literally, I mean, they will be literally bleeding on stage, but like that they're bleeding from a kick or like whatever else. Mm. So thankfully there is now stringent concussion testing in the WWE because of Chris Benoit. He literally saved the industry when it comes to saving wrestlers a lot of people will argue it whether or not he saved the industry as a whole because a lot of people think the pg era is boring now and everything else but he saved wrestlers hey it's real people's lives yes it's real people's families clearly like they can't like condone this this is not okay sorry your entertainment isn't as fun but yeah it's not worth it yeah no and i still have a great time (laughs) so um Yes, they're actually now taking their wellness program seriously. You will be suspended or perhaps completely removed from professional wrestling if you are found to have illegal drugs like anabolic steroids in your system. Good. Yeah. All right. Cool. Mm -hmm. Should be that way. Yes. There's no more shots to the head with chairs or ladders in the WWE. It's not allowed. They're um, very cognizant of where headshot, like headshots should just not be a thing anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So don't get me wrong. You can still get seriously injured, though, during wrestling. They know that when you get in the ring. One of the last matches that I watched, um, professional wrestler Ricochet accidentally broke someone's nose when he landed on him the Ah. wrong way. So it's still a very dangerous sport, but at least it's getting better. And it's only a fraction, like, it's not even a fraction as extreme as it had been back in Chris Benoit's day. Right. I wonder, like, in a few years, like, 10 years, whatever, from now, like, what the um, statistics will be on how long their lifespan is now. Because those will, that, like, has to help your body, has Mm -hmm. to help your mind. Yeah. Like, regulating, like, that you're not getting concussions. Yeah. 300 times a year or whatever. Yeah. I hope it improves because it's horrifying to think that not past 45. Like, that's that's so young. Like, that's crazy. So sadly, with this case, there's tons of conspiracy theories out there when it comes to this crime, just like friends and family of Chris and, you know, the entire Benoit family. Many fans don't understand how he could have ever been responsible for his family's murder. Hmm. Many have alleged still to this day that an outside source could have done this. Well, that's odd. Yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair wrestling there's a lot of stories okay i guess (laughs) like a lot of people allege that kevin sullivan did this like he was disgruntled enough against his ex-wife to go in and murder her new family i mean he was a satanist after all right max no i just i hate panic panic so much (laughs) oh okay no that's odd no yeah, so I feel bad for Kevin Sullivan. He actually talked about um, his wife, ve- ex-wife, very, um, he's talked about her a lot since her passing, and he didn't have anything to do with her death. Yeah, um, there's no buildup to that being an actual storyline. No. Another theory is, and this one did get me for a second, so let me explain it to you. This one's kind of crazy. So... 14 hours before Chris's family's bodies would be discovered, his Wikipedia page would be changed. It updated saying that Chris had been missing his shows that weekend 
because he never would usually miss his shows due to his wife, Nancy's death. 14 hours before? 14 hours before they found the bodies. And so she passed on Friday. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, she passed on Friday. So they found her on, they found everyone on Monday. So mm-hmm. yeah, middle of the weekend, nobody knows they're dead yet. So, and, and he hasn't missed anything and Chris yet. Isn't even, he did. He did. He missed, oh. um, yeah, he'd already missed a match and that was weird for him. He, okay. he didn't miss matches, right? So an IP address would come up from Connecticut, which was the same place that WWE headquarters is. That's where the posting from Wikipedia came from. Mm-hmm. So conspiracy theorists freak the fuck out. Could the WWE have had a hand in the Benoit family murder? How else would someone have known before the bodies were even found that Nancy Benoit was dead? FBI, of course, investigated this and they found that it had been a fan with seriously bad timing. Yeah. Because Chris had never missed a show, fans were already speculating online that something was seriously wrong in the Benoit household. This anonymous fan had been on a bunch of chat boards that weekend, everything Mm -hmm. else, and they had gone onto Wikipedia and posted this extremely mishandled misinformation. So this anonymous fan would make a long drawn out apology afterwards, expressing their sadness for changing the page, especially after finding out what had happened that weekend and that it was true. Well, part of it was true. So this is a little quote is his apology goes on forever, but I took two paragraphs from it. So he says, or she says, I wish not to reveal my identity so I can keep me and my family out of this since they have nothing to do with anything. I am not connected to WWE or Benoit at all in any way. I am from Stanford as the IP address shows, and I am just an everyday individual who posted a wrong remark, wrongful remark at the time that received so at a time that received so much attention because it had turned out to actually happen. I will say again, I did not know anything about the Benoit tragedy. It was a terrible coincidence that I never saw coming. I hope this puts an end to the speculation that someone knew about the tragedy before it was discovered. It was just a rumor that I had heard about uh, from other people online who were speculating that the fam- there was a family emergency Chris was attending to. I made a big mistake by posting this comment on his page since all we had were what we thought was going on and nothing about what was actually going on yet. And sadly, what happened turned out to be my speculation at the time. I assumed Wiki would edit out my information, which they eventually did. So that's why I didn't go back and edit it out myself. Hmm. Now, the fact that his identity was never revealed still has conspiracy theorists to this. Because no, they can grab onto anything. Come on, let it go. Yeah. Yeah. That seems legit. There, literally every YouTube clip that you look at with Chris Benoit, there's mm-hmm. someone alleging that he didn't kill his family. And it's like literally, and they're like, I don't see how he could do this. Literally every murder we've talked about. No, no one, one can, can see this happening. Yeah. No one can see it. And that's why it's so dangerous when it comes to things like domestic abuse and everything yeah. else. Like, my God, guys. Anyways. Because if anyone could see it was going to happen, they would not let it happen. It, exactly. <laughs> yes. And they would intervene. Yes. And even Nancy's poor family has had to come out and say no. Like, if anyone, they would come forward and be like, no, a third party did this. But they're like, no. There, it was Chris. Sadly, it was Chris. So it's very sad and it's very unfortunate. And it's nothing like any of us would have expected, but Chris Benoit killed his family. Yeah. 
So fans have argued for years if Chris Benoit should be mentioned in the Hall of Fame and if the WWE made the correct move in removing him from everything that they possibly could. Now, you can watch most of his matches on Peacock now, even if sometimes there's a disclaimer before his episodes begin. I would personally like to know, where's Nancy Benoit's mention? Yeah, right? Where is she? She was an active member of the wrestling community for over two decades. Right. And her legacy was amazing. And what she did for women in the wrestling industry, amazing. I know this was with WCW, but WWE bought WCW. So she should, her legacy should be remembered through them. Absolutely. I personally don't believe that the Benoit family name should be erased from the history of wrestling. David Benoit, Chris's first son, is currently trying to make a name for himself in the professional wrestling world. And I'm concerned that his father's actions in his lifetime will prevent him from that. But concerning Chris himself, and if he should ever be in the WWE Hall of Fame, I think Chris Jericho said it best in, his, in the episode of The Dark Side of the Ring. He said, no, you can't put aside that. There's too much baggage to even think about it. If he had ever been in the Hall of Fame previously, like before the murders, maybe you could make a case to say that he should stay in it. But from a com- career standpoint, absolutely. But what, ha- what he did at the end of his life disqualifies him forever, in my opinion. And that's from one of his friends. And I think that's just so poignant. Like, that's, he disqualified himself by like committing the worst crime you could ever think of. Right. And you have to think of the after effects. Like people that are in the Hall of Fame are in there because they're supposed to be like immortalized and like Mm -hmm. thought of in this high regard. And there is too much baggage to put him in with everyone else that earned their place in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Yeah. So, we're and it's also not doing it justice to whitewash no. it either. Like, no, as we've mentioned before, it's a platform for talking about domestic abuse and CTE and steroid use. And you, just to be like, nope, it didn't happen, uh, isn't doing anybody any good. No, it pisses me off that everything has kind of been whitewashed from the WWE because it's like, no. And also, just like not mentioning Chris and not what he did, like, it's just so dismissive. And I Nancy. Especially, especially like it didn't happen yeah yeah mm-hmm. so i think they've handled it i mean obviously they have vince mcmahon at their helm so he's mishandled obviously an awful lot when i found out that they literally rolled owen hart out of that ring Ugh, that's and then continued on with the show i and then said that's what he would have wanted like vince mcmahon oh. is a piece of work and i just like I can't. So we're at the end of this episode. Finally, I'm so sorry. I went on way too long on this, but I just felt like all of the little parts were so important. Yeah. Yeah. And if you want to learn more, of course, we've talked about Chris Jericho's podcast on here, dark side of the ring over on Amazon prime. You do have to rent it, but it's there and it's a really good series. And it talks to friends and family of these wrestlers. Um, I believe Chris's two episodes are in season two. So check them out. Um, But if you're playing high impact store sports, be careful of your head. Like seriously, CTE is a real problem. It's something that they're trying to prevent more from happening this happens to football players wrestlers like anytime it happens in uh, for women just so since our women demographics the highest head injuries sports i think are cheerleading and soccer for women yes happens like women too 
Yes. So be careful, please. And if you think you're suffering from this, please reach out to resources. They're still studying this. There's no cure of it, but they're trying to get better with it. They're trying to fix things so that you don't start losing yourself in the process. Because I I personally do believe Chris Benoit was lost. And I I do think that had a lot to do with his head injuries. And I'm not saying that everyone's going to end up down the same path that he ended up, but you just never know. Um, So be careful with yourself. We're definitely going to put down like we do with every episode where we talk about women that are in, or even men too, are in these kinds of situations where there's abuse in the household. Um, We're going to put the national domestic hotline down in the description. It's not just a hotline. Know that there are steps for you to leave. That's the most important time when it comes to leaving an abusive household. I know we say it almost every episode, but honestly, it happens enough that we featured it in so many episodes. Mm -hmm. Be careful out there. Um, this is a horrific case. It breaks my heart every time. It breaks my heart that Nancy and Daniel aren't talked about enough. Um, Chris has overshadowed them. He had an amazing wrestling career, but he wasn't the end all be all. And it's important to remember Nancy and Daniel, all the victims. Yes, definitely. Um, so until next time, be safe. Look at those resources. If you have the time, um, if you have a minute and you're interested in true crime or anything we talked about today, try to subscribe, like, um, you know, go and rate, do all the things so you don't miss an episode. Um, but until next time, how was your wine? <laughs> um, this, because it was a two-parter, I did some damage on this wine. <laughs> yes. But Good. until next time. Until next time. Cheers, Max. Cheers. Cheers. Huda Media Production. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Allow your imagination to be piqued by stories that are brought to life through captivating sound design, eerie soundscapes, and dynamic performances. As an Audible member, you'll be able to keep your heart rate up month after month because you can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. If you're in the mood for a shocking psychological thriller, check out None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. Embrace brand new exclusive thrillers from bestselling authors who are guaranteed to keep you gripped. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. That's audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500.